Welcome, everyone, to this week's edition of the Vagabond Exchange podcast. Coming to you from a dining room somewhere in Nashville, Tennessee, are Emily and William. Say hi, William. Good evening, everyone. Um, happy Sunday. Yes, happy Sunday. The second to the last Sunday in, in January. Yes. It's almost February. It is almost February. How do you like them apples? Mm-hmm. Do you like apples? I love apples. How do you like them apples? They're okay. So what's going on? Oh. How was your weekend? It's a pretty good weekend. Was it? Yes. I, uh, as you know, I had some minor <laughs> oral surgery on uh, Friday. Oral what? Surgery. Oh, surgery. Friday morning. Mm-hmm. And you were there to take care of me. I was there to take care of you. So in you've... Your, uh, in your anesthetized state. state, I was there. Yeah. So you've been taking care of me this weekend and mm-hmm. just hanging out, playing a little bit of Wii. That's right. Caught a movie. Also correct. Yep. So. And other general lounge-like activities. Although we did put in some pretty good Wii time yesterday. We did. Log some hours. And I'm feeling it. Are you? Which means I'm out of shape, but that's okay. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that makes two of us. Yeah. And we had fun. We did have fun. So anyway, so we should probably hit the ground running because we have no. I thought we just said we're out of shape. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. I wonder how long it takes for people to stop listening to us <laughs> because I feel like we talk about stupid things sometimes for a long period of time. Do we? Not for a long period of time. Well, you know. I I think we're very funny. Yes, we're hilarious to one another. <laughs> to each other. Yeah. Okay, so what's our first topic today, this beautiful Sunday evening? Um, I guess since the last thing we uh, spoke of last week were the Golden Globe nominations, Correct. maybe we should do a brief recap of I the, think we should. the winners. Especially now that we've seen more movies that were nominated. Right. So um, you, you want to just run down through them? Um, sure, I'll do a quick recap. Uh, best motion picture drama was Avatar. We had selected The Hurt Locker. We had. Uh, best performance by an actress in a motion picture drama, Emily Blunt. No, it was Sandra Bullock. Yeah, Sandra Bullock. Too, the way yeah, this was highlighted. For The Blind Side. Yes. Who, by the way, gave a really good uh, acceptance speech for that. She did. I thought it was nice. Uh, best performance by an actor in a motion picture drama, Jeff Bridges Woo-hoo! for Crazy Heart. Best motion picture comedy or musical, The Hangover, which neither one of us chose. Best performance by an actress in a motion picture, comedy or musical, uh, Meryl Streep, Julie and Julia. We had picked her, hadn't we? We did. Yep. Best performance by an actor in a motion picture, comedy or musical, Robert Downey Jr. Neither one of us picked. No. But... And apparently Robert Downey Jr. didn't pick himself. Or Robert Downey Jr.'s wife hadn't picked him either. No. We thought Matt Damon should have gotten it. Yeah. And, and so did his wife, apparently. Yeah. Uh, best performance by an actress in a supporting role in a motion picture. There's a huge beetle on my monitor. Get it. Now he's off. Uh, Monique for Precious. Mm-hmm. We both thought she'd win. Mm-hmm. Best performance by an actor in a supporting role in a motion picture. Christopher Waltz in Glorious Bastards, which we chose. Right. Best animated feature film, Up. Which we chose. Best foreign language film, The White Ribbon, Dein Weissband, which we made fun of last week. Deutscht Kindergeist. <laughs> so. But they won. That's it's pie in we our made face. Of, we made fun of them, though, and then they won. That's why. Right. Best director, motion picture, James Cameron for Avatar. Boo. Best screenplay, motion picture, Up in the Air, which was a bit of a surprise. surprise for us, anyway. Yeah. Best original score, motion picture, uh, Michael Giacchino for Up. Right, which we selected. We did. Best original song, motion picture, The Weary Kind from Crazy Heart, which, which you selected. selected. Best television series drama, Mad Men, which I selected. I thought we both had selected I that. I thought you chose Dexter, but maybe I'm wrong. I said Mad Men even though I'd heard good things about Dexter. Okay. Jeez. Best performance by an actress in a television series drama, Julianna Margulies, which I did select. You did? Yeah. Oh, I didn't remember that. 
Best performance by an actor in a television series drama, Michael C. Hall, which you selected. Mm -hmm. Best television series comedy or musical, Glee. Which you selected. I did. Best performance by an actress in a television series comedy or musical, Tony Collette, which I selected. Mm -hmm. Best performance by an actor in a television series comedy or musical, uh, Alec Baldwin. Yeah, I think we both had picked him, hadn't we? Yeah. I don't remember that. But anyway, best... Show a surprise, surprise. Best miniseries of motion picture made for television, Grey Gardens, which we selected. Mm-hmm. Best performance by an actress in a miniseries of motion picture made for television, Drew Barrymore. Best we also selected her. We did. Best performance by an actor in a miniseries, miniseries of motion picture made for television, Kevin Bacon, I don't think. We didn't know anything about these. No. Best performance by an actress in a supporting role in a series, miniseries, a motion picture made for television, Chloe... Savigny. Savigny. I think is how they said it. Who got her dress ripped at the Golden, Golden Globes. Globes. Well, she also She's was very wearing... Irate. She had a lot of superfluous material, yeah. so I don't really feel sorry for her. <laughs> Best performance by an actor in a supporting role in a series, miniseries, a motion picture made for television, John Lithgow, which I chose. Yep. For Dexter. So... Um, any surprises for you? Um, well, I think The Hurt Locker was my biggest disappointment because I wanted them to win for best movie. Yes. I thought they, I thought that genuinely was the best. That was the best movie I saw of 2009. Yes. We debated between The Hurt Locker and Up in the Air and I guess we kind of gave a little notch of The Hurt Locker, mm-hmm. a little notch above. And I we certainly also, didn't think Avatar would win. No. And we will discuss that soon. Yes. Uh, and because going in, we didn't know, maybe we missed something. Maybe Avatar was a good movie. And mm-hmm. that's why we decided to see it this week, to see what all the hype was about. Right. Um, but, yeah. We- and I might have rethought my decision for um, the male lead for uh, Colin Firth, because we also saw a single, a man. single man, too. Yes. And his performance in that was pretty great. Right. We'll Which we heard good a- things about as well. We did. Do you, am I bringing it up too soon? Or are you no, no, no. No. Um, I agree with you. Okay. Um, and other than that, I wasn't like the only other surprise was uh, or anything? no, not irritated. But I thought Julie and Julia would win for best comedy or musical, and Hangover ended up winning. Yeah, which is fine, but I still think Julie and Julia, Julia was, was a better. better. Yeah, yeah. Um, so there you go. Yep. Rather, go. yeah. Rather, uh, we'll say Ricky Gervais was a good host. Yeah, he was. A he funny was. Guy. He's really funny. Yeah. I want him to hang out with me. We should invite him to be on this podcast. Ricky Gervais, if you're listening, we'd love for you to come guest star. Yeah. We can pay you in pancakes. Or beer. You and love. Appear to love beer. Yes, You can and love. come spoon with me and William. You can come spoon with Emily. <laughs> you I'll, won't spoon with it? We can't make a Ricky Gervais crisp. sandwich? <laughs> or you no. and Ricky Gervais can make an Emily sandwich. Right, there you go. Yeah, there little you go. wheat bread on bottom, <laughs> little white bread on top. <laughs> <laughs> I prefer to see you more as a marble rye. Really? Yep. All right. <laughs> so, nonetheless, yes. Um, what else is going on? You well, want to talk about the movies we saw this week, or do you want to skip? I want to make a quick quip towards the whole Jay Leno. Before we go into movies, Conan O'Brien thing. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> just to get that out of the way. Huh? Nothing. Conan O'Brien is leaving The Tonight Show, has left The Tonight, Tonight show, show as right. of this show. His last show was on Friday. NBC is paying him $45 million, $44 million, Yeah. $32 to him and then $12 million to his staff. Right. Who all basically moved out to L.A. Um, to be on the Tonight Show, right? And Jay Leno is getting his Tonight Show slot back. Back. Yep. How do you feel about that? Uh, I don't like Jay Leno. I've never liked Jay Leno. I don't think he's funny. <laughs> his show annoys me. I love Conan O'Brien. I loved him in the late night spot. I don't think he worked in the spot that they put it in. I think they took a risk because. He his humor is just different. He's kind of a um, what's the word I'm looking for? When you he's more edgy. When something's not mainstream, yeah. he's not he's not mainstream. He's not everybody's brand of of humor. Right. And so I was I'm disappointed 
that they're pulling the plug. I mean, I guess I understand it. It, it seems like it, it happened really quickly, but I, I guess I understand the, the ultimate goal for all of these parties was to make money. So, right when you center decisions around that, things like this happen. I, I'm not sure the ultimate goal for Conan was, was no, it? but I mean, I think for the main decision makers, yeah, you know, I agree. And for some reason, I don't understand why Leno is as successful as he is. Do people really think he's that funny? I'm probably going to alienate some people by saying that, but the I older, more, funny. I think his stand up, and we've discussed this before, like years ago, I thought his stand up was really funny. Yeah. And maybe I haven't seen his stand up in a while, but um, I, I used to think he was pretty funny. Yeah. But his stand up is a little more edgier, you know, when he's away from that kind of mainstream spotlight. Okay. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think Conan kind of, this was like the golden ring. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, David Letterman wanted it. He didn't get it, but ultimately he ended up okay. Right. And Conan wanted it. They didn't give him enough time. I don't know if they had given him more time, if it would have worked out. better, yeah. But seven months, hey, he deserves better than that. You think so? Yeah. he should. They could have at least given him a year. I, don't, I guess I don't know really what the rules are for, for things like that. Like, because late night is a different animal than like a regular t- regular regular TV show, right. where after a few episodes, you know, the, there's that option to pick up a show or cancel it. Right. So that's why seven months to, to me for a show seems like a long time. That's almost a full season. But I don't really I don't know how that that works. And plus, I also feel like even if they had given Conan another five months to straighten things out, I feel like straightening it out would have meant changing who he was as an entertainer and i didn't want to see that happen i didn't want to watch some generic i didn't want to watch jay leno it in that time slot i didn't want to see him if if what they deemed successful was for him to be like jay leno i would no thank you i don't think he would have changed i'm saying i don't think he would have either that's what i'm saying I, i don't think it would have gotten better well that's the thing i think if you promise someone four years ahead of time we're going to give you this Seven months just isn't, and you know. Yeah, you're right. And then, I mean, it's, it's basically Jay Leno had control of this whole thing. Right. He's basically saying, okay, well, since it didn't work here, you know, how about giving me my old, that's how I took yeah. it. Yeah. My you old know, time I slot back. I don't, I and think you push Conan back, and you push Jimmy back, and you push Carson back. Right. It's like everything's for Jay Leno. So. I think they're, I don't know. He must be some kind of cash cow for them, too. I mean, NBC is on a down or a decline anyway. Right. They're, that network as a whole isn't doing as well. Yeah. I think it would be really cool to see Conan go to Fox and kick all their asses, but that's just my personal opinion. Yeah, I agree. So. Sorry, Conan. Yep. We loved you. Good luck. And I really am not going to watch Leno again. No. Ever. I didn't really watch it before. No, I'm definitely not going to watch it. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so there. There you go, Jay. Suck it. (laughs) So we saw a couple movies this week. We did. Um, The first of which was Avatar, Mm -hmm. given that apparently everyone in the country had seen it prior to to us seeing it. And just because of all, after we saw all the awards that won at the Golden Globes, we thought, we need to to look into this to see what's going on. Right. So, yeah, you're going to have to pull something up because I don't know any of these people. (laughs) But uh, Avatar is, uh, is it animated? I don't even know what that's called. It's like CGI. Is it? Yeah. I don't know what that means. Um, computer generated stuff. Yeah. Um, but it's basically about imagery, I guess. Yeah. Imagery. There you go. It's about a country or some kind of land where people live. I'm doing a really bad job of this. You're going to have to do this. It's basically, uh, you have these people, they call it, I believe the Navi people. And it's, uh, basically like, a like you would see, um, Native Americans or Africans, except in this case, they're blue people. Mm-hmm. And they live on their own, I guess it's their own planet, Pandora. So it was a planet. I believe so. Okay. And 
So the, I guess that they're Americans, right. are going to this country because they have a certain resource. I can't remember what it was. I can't either. That they want to very extract from their planet. Right. And in order to do that, they kind of need to push these people off of their land and get it. And uh, they actually send one of their soldiers in to infiltrate the people, kind of learn about them, relay information back to them. Mm -hmm. And in doing so, he kind of falls in love with the people and the the environment and the land. Right. And ultimately decides to defend, uh, to help these people defend, you know, Mm -hmm. their land against the... Americans, the evil empire. Corporation. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it stars uh, Zoe Saldana, Sigourney Weaver. I forget who the main guy, his name. Uh, I don't remember his name either. Giovanni Ribisi. Giovanni Ribisi, which was a surprise. I didn't Yeah, I didn't know he was him. in there. Um, CCH Pounder. Right. Does one of the voices. Um, that's all I can think of off the top of my head. The the main character is a new person. I've not seen him in much else. Okay. Have we'll you? look him up. No. Um, so what did you think? As if well, we haven't talked about this yet. <laughs> I'll ask you first. What was your opinion? Um, I, it was very pretty, mm-hmm. which is what everyone said. We saw it in 3D, which I think we should should state. True. And I haven't seen a 3D movie since, like, they had, like, the the red and blue glasses or the red. Is it red and blue or red and green? Yeah. Like, so. the, the colored cellophane glasses. Right. So that's how long it's been since I saw a 3D movie. So that part was really cool because there were literally times. Most of this takes place in a forest-like setting. And so there's, like, bugs and leaves. So it felt like I wanted to, like, reach out and get them on my face. It was yeah. very authentic. Um and also I liked their part of the storyline is this connection that these people have with the earth, which I've heard, I've read some, some articles about how there's certain Christian organizations who have, uh, what is it? Decry? Is that the word I'm looking for? When you say something's not right, okay. denounce it, the movie, because they say it worships mother earth, but I actually like that. It's kind of about using the resources that you have and not destroying the earth, things like that. So right. I appreciated that part of the storyline. It just was uh, kind of boring to me. <laughs> the story was... I've heard different descriptions. The first person who told me about it said that it was like uh, Dances with Wolves. Right. Um, that another person... Another article I read said something about Pocahontas. Right. That's that kind of story. It said same kind of like rescue mentality where there was like a savior going into like people who don't know like what to do or how to like cope and and save them right. so i found that to be a little annoying and cliche i liked sigourney weaver mm-hmm. i liked seeing her in a movie but she played the same person she always plays so right. that was you know what it was i liked giovanni Rabisi actually he was, was kind of funny yeah um and that was pretty much it yeah um i should say going in that the great thing about you and I doing this podcast is that when we go to see movies, we're we're going in with two completely different experiences as far mm-hmm. as our backgrounds. That's right. I'm an African American male. You're a, a Caucasian female. Mm-hmm. You're 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 about eight nine years younger than I am. Right. You're from the Midwest. I'm from the South. So we come in it with different ideas. Right. And so. Uh, uh, I just I also want to preface it by saying, like last week we watched a movie called Forty Eight Hours, yes, with with uh, Eddie Murphy and Nick Nolte, and I'd never seen it before, even right. though it's been around twenty plus years, and I'd seen it probably a dozen times. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that you took from the movie, which I had never noticed before, was how misogynistic the movie was, mm-hmm. and how they treated women in this film, right. and it never occurred to me, you know, before, yeah. yeah. So it's interesting to get someone else's take because it'll completely illuminate something that you never saw before when seeing a movie. When I saw uh, Avatar, I was disturbed pretty much right away. Really? Because for me, what I see is this evil white empire going into, you know, the people are blue. Mm-hmm. But they have African American, you know, dialects. And, and their features were what you would consider to be. African-American features. Right. 
and the way that they they act and they they celebrate and stuff. It's like what you see in documentaries of you know Africans or mm-hmm. other, other native lands or whatever. Right. So that bugged me because I'd seen this story a dozen times before where the white guy goes in, you know, he's going in as the the destroyer, but all of a sudden something happens and he falls in love with the people. And so he leads these people Mm -hmm. that wouldn't be able to to fight themselves, you know, into fighting against the evil infiltrators. So for me, and this is what bugged me about the Golden Globe, about Avatar getting the Golden Globe, was that there was nothing unique about this picture except for visually. Right. I mean, it looked like something we had never seen before, but the story we've seen over and over, over again. Yeah. But I, I got this article. There's <laughs> this guy that writes for the, the Washington Post named Cortland Malloy. Okay. And I just wanted, because we had a discussion right after the movie about how we felt about it. Right. And I just want to read a little something that he wrote. He said, Annalee Newitz, writing last week on her science blog, io9 criticized Avatar for depicting yet another white man as a hero in the liberation struggles of oppressed people of color. As happens in movies such as District 9, Dances with Wolves, and The Last Samurai, a white guy manages to get himself accepted into a closed society of people of color and eventually becomes its most awesome member. (laughs) (laughs) Now this person, this Annalee Newitch, really hated the movie. I didn't hate the movie, Mm -hmm. and I do think that the movie should be seen. Right. Uh, but I can relate to what she's saying here. And I'm not sure. There are a lot of people, black and white, that see this movie and don't make that connection Mm-mm. at all. Mm-mm. But I was having, actually, a conversation with a mutual friend of ours who's black. And when I kind of brushed on that topic, she, like, kind of recoiled. She was like, no, I didn't really even think about that at all. Really? Yeah. So I don't think... And the thing of it is, I think one thing that you mentioned earlier, and we'll talk a little bit about the, one of the other movies that we saw um, this week, too. Right. This kind of running topic that we've had about white people saving black people is I never really paid attention to that until you and I became close. I think partially because you just love movies so much that you actually pay attention to things. I think non-lovers of movies might not even pick up those kinds of themes right. that, that run through those shows. But when you said, I, I don't think people need to see this. I mean, it's it's... It's visually stimulating, mm-hmm. but I don't think it, it doesn't didn't add any value to my life. I don't think I don't think you're going to be I don't think your life's going to be any worse off if you don't see this movie. I agree with that. I'm not, so. but I wouldn't say don't go see it. What I'm saying is, uh, I'm not going to say you shouldn't go see it. Okay. I'll I'll say if you like you said if you don't see it, it's not the end of the world, but. It's raking in so much money, you probably have seen it by now. Yeah, exactly. Um, The other thing that I noticed, not just uh, references to black people, but also Native Americans. It was sort of like this loincloth, fighting with spears and bows, and um, like feathers, and the connection to the earth, I think, was all stereotypical, and it's kind of insulting. Like, even even if the story ultimately is about greater good... It, there's there is still I think an undertone to it that these people don't know what they're doing so this guy has to save them right and that's yeah. that's what's disappointing that yeah, now that, we're still t- st- still sending that message right and if these people don't have it within them to defend themselves they need right. this somebody from the outside to do it for them yeah that that because if you look at the history of the world there are cases in which. You know, I think the Italians went into Ethiopia and got their asses kicked. Right. So it doesn't necessarily, you don't necessarily need some great hero to come in and lead people that are, you know, somehow dumber and don't know the ways of war. Exactly. To, you know, to to win. So, um, so I think Avatar, we both agree that Avatar was not the best picture of, 2000, no. of this, 2009. And after I saw it, I was even more pissed and off that they won that yeah. that award because it wasn't the best movie. Right. The prettiest, maybe, yes. but not. I But I thought The Hurt Locker was more beautiful just in its its grit and its, you know, some of the, the like, the kind of the sun-drenched lighting that they did. I mean, it's, it's not a fantasy. It's a... 
a scary reality, but I thought the beauty in that was greater than the animation that James Cameron was throwing at us. Right. I think um, Avatar could win if it got like special effects or whatever for yeah. an Oscar. I, I really I'd hope it doesn't it. win any Oscar kudos beyond just animation stuff. I agree. And even then, I still thought Up was a better animated picture than yeah. that was. So, anyway, <laughs> do we want to give our ratings on this one? Sure. Um, I'm going to give it a uh, five and a half. Yeah, I was going to give it the same thing. Yeah, right. You just copied my rating. I did. 8.6. Hey, surprise, so, surprise. Who yeah. is the main? Sam Worthington. Sam Worthington, yeah. Plays the main uh, actor. Oh, and your Michelle girlfriend, Rodriguez. Michelle Rodriguez. With her one too many crest white strip smile. <laughs> and we talked about her as well. And then I think she's always playing the tough girl role. I'd like to see and her branch well out. And that, so. And you, you said that that's, <laughs> that's pretty much all she can she play. <laughs> so. Sorry. There you go. Um, the next movie, even though this isn't in chronological order because mm-hmm. it kind of has the same theme to it. Right. Do you mind talking about the blind no, side? No, let's now? do it. Okay. Let's do it. All right. So, we, yeah, we saw the blind side last night. And the first thing before we even get to the movie that I want to comment on. Okay. As we saw this in a, a movie theater in Nashville, and it what this movie's been out what like three months now? Yeah, and it was packed. There were people pouring in. Mm-hmm. We had to sit over to the side because, and we got there maybe five minutes early. Yeah, and um, filled up. I mean, all the way to the front was full. Right. So I thought that was interesting that people are still flocking to see this. And afterwards, we ran into uh, a former colleague of ours who said that he'd. this was the third time he'd right. seen and it. And this is a man we both admire and respect, respect. greatly. Exactly. So, yeah. and, and when I was kind of questioned him and was like, really? You've seen it three times? He was like, yeah, I saw it once with my wife and once with my daughter and da-da-da-da-da. So obviously... There's something is stirring in people to go see this because it's still raking in... Tons of dough. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So anyway, The Blind Side, in case you've been living under a rock for the last three months, uh, stars Sandra Bullock, uh, Tim McGraw. Um, what's the actor's name who plays Michael? He's a new actor. I we'll can't remember to, his yeah. name. Um, Kathy Bates. Yep. Those are probably the only three that I would recognize off the top of my head. But uh, basically, it's about a story of a Memphis family who... Um, takes in this this kid from the wrong side of Memphis, as they say in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and he turns out to be this really great football player. They sort of uh, groom him um, to... Well, in the movie, they groom him to be this great athlete um, and also get his grades up to a point where he becomes quite successful and, and eventually, beyond the movie, you don't see this, is that he goes on to the, the pro... To play for the Ravens, right? Right. Michael Orr. Michael Orr, right. yes. Um, and this is based on a, a true story, which is the movie took some liberties from the things I've read and seen outside of this um, that we'll talk about in a little bit. But mm-hmm. that's the gist. Sandra Bullock plays the, the matriarch of the family, and Tim McGraw plays the husband. They have two younger children and live in a – they're very affluent. Apparently he owns a bunch of fast food Taco restaurants. Taco Bells and KFCs, right. apparently. And she's an interior designer who looks like she does pretty darn good for herself, too. Right. So The Tuies, right? Is yeah, that the, the Tuies is yeah. their name, yes. Leanne and somebody else. Yeah. <laughs> Leanne and her husband. Bubba. No. I don't know. <laughs> exactly. So what did you think? Um, well, you know that for the longest I've been putting off seeing this movie. Yes. Because from the trailers, what I saw was white good black bad and so i refused to see this movie um so i will say right away that it wasn't as bad as i thought right and that yeah there were instances of white good black bad but there were also instances of white bad and black good what i never there's a you know scenes of the projects where I thought all the projects only the only time you were going to see black people were in the projects, mm-hmm. and they were either drugged out or you know gang members or something like that. And there are other people where I've expressed how I felt about this movie before seeing it and why I wouldn't see it. That 
agreed with me, you know, it pretty much shows it that way. But what they didn't mention is that there's one character in the movie. It's a black woman. And she is an antagonist. Right. But she works for the NCAA. Right. And she's an investigator or whatever. And she's an intelligent woman. She's an attractive woman. So even though she's not a good guy, Mm-mm. all I want to see is different levels of people. Right. I didn't want to see all affluent white people, which I, you don't see. Mm-mm. So in that case, the movie kind of redeemed itself for me in in, in a way. Good. Um, however, uh, and also one thing just to point out, we had we had watched kind of a documentary on this a few weeks ago, and it talks about because um, the trailers made you kind of believe that this family just plucked this kid kind of out of obscurity and r- raised him up to this level of fame and skill that no one else could. Right. But there was this gentleman. I don't know if he was from his neighborhood or just came in contact with him who was black right. and, and sort of appealed to this white Christian school to get him get him there. And you, I think you had said, if they don't show him, I'm not going to like the movie. And they actually did, they show, did show him. Yeah. show some version of him. I don't think he was exactly what – I don't think the character was exactly who the, that guy really was in real life. But Yeah, I'm not sure. I can't remember it well enough to – but yeah, I mean, I, I don't glad, know. If, as soon as they saw that, I was like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. And I'm not, like you said, I'm not sure how close this movie is to the true story, right. how many liberties they, they took. Um, there were some things that bothered me about the movie. The the, the character that pl- plays the Michael Orr character mm-hmm. is just kind of this kind of lumbering. I mean, ultimately, you see that he, he, he can speak his mind or whatever, but there's this gentle giant kind of doofus feeling that mm-hmm. I get from him, and that bothered me. Um, and there's certain things that were said in the movie that just made me cringe. Uh, there's a line in which the Sandra Bullock character says, you know, if you get a girl pregnant, I'm going to cut your penis off. <laughs> Which well, of no, course that made you cringe. Well, it made me cringe as a man, but no white person should say that. Knowing the history yeah. of this country and how black people have been castrated for being accused of rape, that bothers me. And Jesse Jackson did the same thing, too, right. talking about cutting Obama's balls off. So right. it doesn't matter who says it. It shouldn't be said. So that Well, nobody that really me. should ever say that to anyone, right. regardless. I, think, I don't think people think about that when they make that statement i know and i know it bothers you we've talked we've talked about this before i know that particular subject bothers you but i I don't think it's said with the malice that you think no and i know it wasn't i know it wasn't but yeah that's something that bothered me but we the whole conversation we had before seeing this movie was how i thought that people would white people would flock to this movie because of this kind of savior messianic you know white people coming in swooping in and saving the poor black kid from all the other evil black people and you know taking him away and making making him pure and you know these good christians come in and well and i think you're right that people want to f- feel good about themselves and and regardless of whether you recognize the racial undertones in that is neither here nor there mm. but what i was pleased to see was that this wasn't just about people swooping in. I mean, there was a, this this kind of built upon itself, which I appreciated a little bit more than them just plucking him from obscurity. It's not like they went and took him from his family. Right. That's what I... Is that what you thought may yeah. have happened? Well, I thought, I thought they had recognized that this kid had talent and from the some of the back and forth in the trailers was like he he would leave and they'd go get him like that kind of thing I see. but it wasn't really like that at all no so okay so overall would you say you were more pleased with the movie i liked it actually okay I, and here's why i like sandra bullock's character um she was like she's like the quintessential sassy southern belle she always gets her way I thought Sandra Bullock did a good job with it and and also kind of admitting that she wasn't perfect. Mm-hmm. Like there seemed to be things that she picked up on and what I okay, so that was the first thing. I also liked the little boy who played her son. He was hilarious. He yeah. was the best part of the movie. Funny, boisterous exactly what you'd I, I was I was surprised at how well they all kind of played into I believed Tim McGraw as a dad. Mm-hmm. I believed that Kathy Bates played this tutor for him. I believed all the characters except for Michael. And when you when I've seen interviews with the real Michael Orr, he doesn't seem like this kid. He's much more in in tune and engaged. Uh, the, this kid seemed to be very 
cut off until, you know, there'd be little things that sparked his, I guess, intuitiveness or attention. What I didn't like was, and I read this and, and watched something about it, was that they acted like he was stupid in all phases of life. Not only was he bad in school, like, uh, Mrs. Tui had to teach him how to play football, which wasn't true. Like, he, this kid actually knew how right, to play, right. yeah. play sports. So that that bothered me a little bit because I think it kind of fed into that, oh, you're dumb, we'll show you how to do everything. Mm-hmm. So, but it, but it was a little more refreshing than I thought it was going to be. I think it's a good, uplifting film. Right. It does what it's supposed to do, which is make people feel good. And I, I can see for years to come now this thing's going to be on – you know, constant rewind on TNT. ABC Family, yeah. Um, uh, there was one one other thing I wanted to say. Um, but what bothers me about this movie and like Avatar mm-hmm. is that both of these movies are making tons of money. Right. And so I have this fear that Hollywood will keep churning out this type of, of film. Mm-hmm. In the same way that Tyler Perry movies are making tons of money and they keep churning out those types of film. Right. There's got to be some kind of in-between somewhere. I don't know where it is. But I'll know it. Sometimes I see it every now and then. Like I saw a movie called Love Jones years ago mm-hmm. with Lorenz Tate and Neil Long, which is a really good movie. And I'm just talking about, you know, with African-Americans right. in it. And so that's the only, you know, I'm, I'm glad the movie isn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's still... You know, like I was saying, we, there were ladies sitting behind us, and they kept going, oh, like any time there was a something. Tender moment between well, this kid and someone else. He did something that seemed like childlike. Right. It's like a little puppy or whatever. So that kind of bugged me. Right. And so, but I got it. I'm glad we got it over with. <laughs> <laughs> I was glad that it wasn't as bad as as you were afraid it was going to be. Yeah. So, uh, what do you think? What what rating would you give this? I'll give it a six point four. I was going to give it about the same six and a half, which I'm sure it has like a nine or something. Well, I will ask you this once we see the rating seven point nine. Okay. Do you think uh, Sandra Bullock should get the Oscar? No. I don't think it was Oscar. Were they not compared to some like other? Like if she's against Meryl Streep for Julie and Julie. I would pick Meryl Streep. Okay. I believed Meryl Streep as Julia Julie Child. Child more than I believed her as Leanne Tui. Yeah. Sean Tui. That was the... Quentin Aaron. That's that's Michael Ord. This okay. is his first, uh, first film. Right. So um, I'm glad Sandra Bullock is getting... She had a great year with yeah, the proposal in this. So and I like her a lot. So I'm glad she's doing well. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I agree. I don't. And I I will say that Tim McGraw, any movie I've seen, like Friday Night Lights and this movie, he was really good. He's in pretty both good. Movies. Yeah. He's a good actor. Yeah, he is. So. So okay, um, so enough with the uncomfortable conversations about <laughs> movies. Um, another movie that we saw this week was um, A Single Man, which stars Colin Firth. Uh, Julianne Moore, the kid from About a Boy <laughs> with Hugh Grant that All I was right. completely shocked that he <laughs> was in a movie. Uh, Jennifer, what's her last name? She spells it with a G. Adams, Flowers, Jones, Smith, Brown, Clooney. I don't, I don't know who you're... You don't know who I'm talking about? No. Fine. Yeah, you know who I'm talking about. Jennifer, she's in Big Love. She was also in uh, He's Just Not That Into You, Dark Hair. Really? Seriously? No. Okay. Anyway, um, A Single Man follows the uh, story of a guy, Colin Firth's character, who has recently lost, well, not so recently, I guess it's been a little while, but has lost his partner of 16 years, and he's trying to kind of muddle through life. Um, I don't know. I don't want to give away too much of it. Why are you looking at me like you have no idea what's going on right no, now? No, no. I'm I'm <laughs> I'm taking in what you're saying. No, you said not recently, but I think it was it it wasn't that long. That, I feel like it was over a year. Is that okay. off? Maybe maybe There's not, a part where there's a phone call and I thought that that was I thought that was like uh, he was flashing back to that. He was, but okay. But maybe I don't know. All right, regardless. It's not important. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, I don't. I'm gone. I don't know what else to say. I'm sorry. That's okay. No, well, Colin Firth. I think I think it's known going in that he's um, a homosexual male right. that has lost his lover of right. ma- of sixteen years, as you said. Right. And so, yeah, the film kind of goes through how he's dealing with it and plans to deal with it and how the color has kind of been drained from his life because of this, literally because of this, the death of this, this lover and how he kind of uh, encounters different people that remind him that life isn't, there's still flavor to life. There's still color there. There's, they bring the color back to feeling back, whatever. Right. They sort of validate him, his existence. Right. So. <laughs> I really like this movie. This is probably, this is probably in my top five for 2009, even though we saw it in 2010 and came out in 2009. Right. Um, I like the story. I like the cinematography, I guess it is. I don't mm-hmm. know which, how you describe, like, lighting choices. Right. Um, and I, I always like in, in film the use of flashbacks, especially if it's done really well. Mm-hmm. So I like that. Um, Matthew Good is also in this movie um, and pulls off an immaculate American accent. For someone who's British, I've never heard a British person do an American accent that well. <laughs> um, and I really like, I don't know, the, the film just, I felt like it it captured interactions between humans the way it really happens. Like there's sometimes there were these really awkward, uncomfortable conversations that he has with people in his life. Um, you sort of feel him because part of it is he doesn't really want to be around people, but he kind of does want to be around people. It's, it's strange, but you sort of feel that like awkwardness and how he deals with that. I don't know. I just thought it was more real than anything I'd seen in a long time. There was no fantasy to it, and I, I appreciated that. Yeah, I I adored this movie, and like you, it's one of the best movies I've seen from two thousand and nine. Right, it would be in my top five as well. Um, it should easily be a best picture nominee because it's to me it was as good as Up in the Air and yeah. The Hurt Locker. Um, the movie is set in the sixties, and it 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 pulls it off perfectly mm-hmm. in, the, in the music and the the, uh, the set designs and the clothes and mm-hmm. um and i guess uh and colin firth's performance I, he's this english professor and so he's very intelligent and you know articulate and he gets off these witticisms every now and then and he's right. funny but he's also he's also there's a usually when i see colin firth in a, a movie he's kind of smug and Stuffy almost. There's a, yeah, there's like the a wall there almost where you don't really I never really feel like I know the character. Mm-hmm. Like there's a, a barrier there. And that completely that's torn away yeah. during this film. And um so I love the guy. I mean the it, to me it was one of the best acting performances of last year as well. I thought so too. So uh, it was an excellent, excellent film. And this kid, Nicholas Holt. Right. Um the one from About a Boy that I was talking about. He has a, a small part in the movie, a small in in a sense of time, but big in a sense of his impact on this, on Colin Firth's character. Right. And first of all, I couldn't believe that this was the same kid because he was like homelier than a mud fence, as my mother would say, <laughs> in About a Boy. Um, and he's completely adorable now. But he just, he, he, that character was so profound. I totally believed him as like this kind of like, guileless um guileless uh, young college kid he was just he was like semi mischievous but also genuine right there's a certain depth there that yeah. you don't usually get from college kids how that, old is he uh, oh wow he's 89. really young yeah he's 21 he did a really good job at that he shows 20. real depth for someone who's yeah, 20. I mean, he had a more profound effect on me than the Julianne Moore character, yeah. and she's getting a lot of recognition as you know, kind of the support. And she did an excellent job. She was great. Yeah. Um, but yeah, all the all the secondary characters in this movie, even like this is like a, the next door neighbors, yeah, and the little that's kids Jennifer. And, I can't think oh, of her oh, name that's is. okay. Yeah. Yeah, Jennifer. Something we'll yeah. figure it out in a minute. Right. So. And also, I should also mention, just because I like music and movies so much, mm-hmm. that there's certain, there's like a Edited James song in this movie and Joe Stafford, who I really like. And so the music is perfect. Even the score, 
mm-hmm. and it's like you said visually it's just a beautiful film there's it's very rich in color and in certain points though right because it's to, to one thing that you were said as he kind of recedes back into these memories you would see the color drain away and you don't even realize it's happening until you kind of see it come back when he has this life sort of breathed back into him right it was a really cool way to do a movie yeah and i've a, never seen anything like that before no no there's a, another guy and i can't remember his name that he encounters outside of a store oh yeah that was a really that was a great nice performance scene. yeah yeah um so cool i would give that a nine i'd give it a nine as well Hands down. Let's see. 8.1. And uh, Gina Gershon was at the premiere, for those of you who are Yeah, (laughs) I was like, when was she in the movie? (laughs) Uh, Jennifer, no, wait, what's her name? Jennifer Goodwin, that's who it is. Jennifer Goodwin? Yes. Okay. Um, I would actually... I would actually pick him over Jeff, Jeff Bridges. Yes, we were having that conversation. And I love Jeff Bridges in that part, but I feel like Colin Firth showed his jeff bridges has done something kind of like that before but i thought i thought con Firth really did something different with himself i thought he showed some depth and and range as an actor that's what i'm looking for yeah well i think colin Firth had a flawless performance in a nearly and to me a flawless movie. movie yeah and jeff bridges had a really a great performance in a movie a mediocre a good movie right but so yes, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be bothered if Jeff Bridges won, which he probably will, because he won a SAG award and a Golden yeah, Globe. That's usually the indicator. But I, I'm really pulling for Colin Firth. Um, he was great. Yeah. I want to see it again. Actually, there's I do very too. few movies that I say that with, but this one I want to see again. I want to see this again. I actually want to see Up in the Air again because I think Up in the Air has a lot more to say than yeah yeah. So uh, there you go. Okay, so those are our three movies. What do we have coming up? Anything exciting? Um, we still have a few uh, Oscar stuff. We still need to see Young Victoria, I think. Is that even showing around here? By the it way, was. if anyone who um, has an impact on Nashville Cinematic Endeavors listens to this, can you please get more movies here that stay longer than a week in the movie theater? I know that it boils down to money, but really, seriously... We were talking about The Messenger the other day, and it was here like all of a week. And while we're talking about it, uh, Regal, for some reason, it hasn't always been this way, but for mm-hmm. some reason now your ushers have to carry around these flashlights that yeah. look like the friggin' uh, lightsabers. The, yeah, from Star Wars. Mm-hmm. It's very distracting. I don't and understand the point. And they come in and out several times during the movie. Right. What are you doing? Yeah. Besides stomping up and down the stairs right. and ruining my You experience. could easily walk up and down the stairs without making a noise if you have to do that. Exactly. And you don't need to turn on the flashlight. But I question why th- what they're doing. Well, Just like I said, when I used to work at a movie theater, what I had to do was walk up and down to check that people did not have their feet up on the back of seats. Oh. Um, so did you ever talk to people in the middle of the movie? I would say? ask them to put their feet down. Really? Yeah. Did you ever get yelled at? Did anybody ever get mad at you? Yeah, some guy started yelling at me. Really? Yeah. So I just got the manager, and he came and. Did they bounce him out? They didn't bounce him out, but. See, I guess that's one thing. The other thing is, uh, I pay, pay, we just pay a lot of money for those tickets. I mean, you and I probably support two managerial salaries for the amount of money we spend yearly in movies, like. Yeah. Don't do that. Don't take away from my experience because you've got something you have to do. Right. Figure out a way to. Sorry. <laughs> figure out a way to get over that. Right. Don't interfere with my enjoyment of the picture. And the same goes for other people in the movies. I because, may be writing them a letter. Yeah. But unfortunately, there were people that were kicking the back of our seats yes, last night. Which yes. sometimes, you, if you cross your legs, it's an accident. But if it happens repeatedly, it's a yeah. problem. Yeah. And also um, had some sort of sinus uh, phlegm problem that they needed to rectify <laughs> as loudly as possible during the movie. And I mean, I know there's things like that. Like people are going to cough and sneeze and like have human things happen, but right. try to minimize that. So, I, I mean, and the problem too is that Regal kind of has a monopoly on this town. There's not really any other. No, I guess there's that, some Carmike, but. What's the one in Franklin? Thoroughbred? Or is yeah. that Carmike? We could know. start driving to Franklin. But that's worse because that place is overrun with teenagers. Yeah. Every time I've gone to a movie there, I'm like, 
save the bell called, save by the bell called. Right. Well, the thing is, and this is what we usually do, if we'd seen the blind side at like well, our usual time, yeah. 11, 30, 12, there were no, there, nobody would have been in there. Yeah. So, But we didn't really expect that many people to no, be there. No, no. Or in the movie theater in general. There were yeah, approximately 10,000 people. Yeah. 10,000 people. And we knew like, you know, 3,000 of them. Eight of them, them. Yeah. exactly. <laughs> um, <laughs> All of them listened to the Vagabond Exchange, I'm sure. <laughs> there are a few movies coming out that we want to see. The Wolfman. Yes. Valentine's Day. You. Are you going to see The Ghost Rider? That looks kind of interesting. Roman Polanski. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Ewan McGregor. Yeah. I didn't realize Emily Mortimer was in Shutter Island. I kind of want to... The more I I see... I want to see it it more out of curiosity now. It doesn't look good to me at all, but I want to see it. Yeah. I figure Scorsese has to know what he's doing, so maybe he'll surprise me. I think he's doing something different, though. That's... Doing something different. It's like Sarah Palin. The <laughs> so, crazies. I do want to see the crazies. I'm sorry. I know uh, you don't want to see it. Cop out. Silly fun. It's yep. a Kevin Smith movie. It might be good. Yeah. So, there's a few. Yep. If you have any suggestions for movies you'd like us to see, um, or places you'd like to go, I know we didn't hit much on our travel, but that's only because we don't have anything coming up until the end of April. Right. Um, Send us your suggestions. The email is vagabondexchange at gmail.com. You can also check out our Facebook page. Uh, just look for Vagabond Exchange. And, uh... <laughs> and, uh... <laughs> I guess that's about it. Yes. Maybe next week um, we'll talk about by this time next week, we'll know who's going to be in the Super Bowl, so we can That's true. mention that. That's true. Yeah. Indeed. Yeah. So? If we do one next week. Because I might drop it down. Oh, yeah. That's true. Yeah, we need to uh, do a quick... Do we congratulate you? The Vagabond Exchange needs to congratulate Emily on her recent promotion. Thank you. At work. A very big promotion. I which she it. highly deserved. So... Thank you. Congratulations. William. You're welcome. So anything. Anyway, with that, I guess we will talk to you guys later. Yep. Soon. So long. Bye.